0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Drexel Basketball Podcast. I'm Nate, and we got uh, Dan and Bill with us here this week. Um, and sorry, it took us a couple weeks, I think. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel, but it was just nice to have March back, and I guess it kind of reminded me how much I enjoy it and love it. Um, yeah, you know, I've been following a bunch of teams, whether it's, of course, Drexel, which we're going to focus on, but even women's tournament and local high school basketball. just been nice to have a, a March that You know, feels, you know, pretty much back to what we're used to. So, and I probably enjoy it more because we lost it, you know, (laughs) definitely two years ago and then even last year was streamed. So um, good to have it back, even if it didn't necessarily end the way we wanted it to, um, you know, and and really for both uh, men's and women's programs. But um, but I'm going to start, just go through the women. um, You know, I I think there's a thing about it. I mean, it had about, of course, wanted them to go to the tournament. I don't think it had a horrible end. Um, but um, overall, it was a, a wonderful season by the women's basketball program. Uh, they finished twenty and six. Lost last night in the third round of the WNIT, and um, hard-fought game. A game when they went up nine in the fourth quarter. I was like, "We're home," you know what I mean? They're gonna gonna go another round, and unfortunately, uh, um, succumb to the press from Seton Hall. But that that's Seton Hall team that they were the only team to beat Villanova uh, outside of UConn. In the last number of months, so that was a good Seton Hall team. Um, I think I think they made the Big East semifinals. Um, so it was a good basketball team. So um, it was nice to see. I after playing a couple of kind of sleepy games, it was nice to see the women's team uh, go out with a good performance. I thought they played well overall. So nothing for anybody to hang their heads about. Um, just got beat by a better team in better circumstances. So um, so overall, wonderful season by the women's team. Really. Appreciated, you know, and, and kind of a personal thing is just what our family had a great time following them. Um, you know, despite the loss to Delaware in uh, the championship game, we had a great time at the tournament. I thought it was really well run by Drexel. We went to all every game except the playing game. Um, but my daughter, who is deciding to hammer on anything right everything right now, which I'll tell her to stop here in a second. Claire, Claire, knock it off, okay? Sorry, I had to do that. I, this just going to make too much noise. Um, but but she's not interested in the St. Peter's Purdue game, I guess. I turned off the some cake bakery thing or something. Um, but anyway, I'll deal with that in a second. Um, but by the way, we had a great time at the tournament. Kids sat through all the games except that playing game, and it, I, I gotta tell you too, they it, the other thing the women's team this year has me interested in women's basketball, period. Like, I'm almost excited. I think Stanford plays maryland tonight so i might tape it and watch tomorrow and there's a really nice slate of women's games tomorrow too so um really got us interested in women's basketball so looking forward to next year already and um, again congratulations to everything that they accomplished this season so um but i want to talk about uh as well uh the men's team so uh and yeah, and sorry we're a little behind, but, you know, again, between, you know, some of us weddings and trying to get out and follow the games and trying to have a, a good march, uh, just took us a bit to get together to talk about it. So, um, down in DC, and it feels like years ago, but it was a few weeks ago. Um, so, we lost our first round game to Delaware, uh, who ended up being the uh, CA champions. And then, um, of course, went to the NCAA tournament. They were competitive Villanova for about you know, what, 10 minutes or so, and then it kind of got away, but, um, so just want to toss it to you guys. Uh, so I I guess, you know, trying to refresh our memories about that game, but, um, any takeaways you had from that overall thoughts you had of that game down there in DC?
1: I mean, Cam Winter brought his A game, I think (laughs) he had 28. Um, he just, Uh, It seemed like at one point he went on his own little personal run to get us in the game, but just no one else could seem to find it. I mean, Coltrane, I think, contributed a little bit more than he usually does, but nothing spectacular. But um, the rest of the team, I don't think we had a single other double-digit score in that game outside of Cam. So, you know, just uh, a little bit of a disappointing effort there. I mean, one of the biggest factors, though, I think, was Amari Williams getting in foul trouble. I think that changed the course of the game for us, really. Not having him in there defensively and, you know, offensively in the post too, uh, really had a negative impact on the team. And a couple of those fouls he picked up were like illegal screens. It wasn't even like it was, you know, aggressive um, attempted blocks or something. It was two of them. I, I'm pretty sure were on illegal screens, which is just I don't know. Seemed like poor officiating to me, but maybe they were.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you said it. I thought Amari got a real bad whistle. I it almost felt like they were out for him. Um, and I don't know, you know, sometimes a coach can get in the air, hey, look at this kid doing this, but he also looked a step slow to me. To be honest with you, even when he was on the floor, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't getting the spot. I mean, I, I, I just – he didn't look like the Amari that we know he could be, and, and it's, a, it's his first real tournament experience, and, and, and um, you know, obviously he backed up JB last year, but he didn't get a ton of minutes. Um, it kind of looked like it, just the game didn't come to him, um, and, and that was unfortunate. Uh, Malik Martin is a guy I actually thought the effort was there he had 10 rebounds like Malik Martin I thought he had was, he had a high motor but just he was there was just nothing there on the offensive end and, and obviously uh, this is not a team that you would expect to shoot 17% from three uh, I, I would agree Zach Spiker said in the post game most of those were good looks um, I think late when they got a little bit desperate less so but most of those were good looks section um, of Cam Cam he checked a little bit um, but you know Cam was doing enough other stuff that he didn't mind him. He checking every once in a while, um, but I, I thought some some tough decisions late. Like the amazing thing is they weren't out of the game. I thought I thought nobody played particularly well, and Delaware a lot of hang. Like Delaware, I know they went on to win, the, but they they weren't good in this game to me. To my eyes, they were not good. Sixty one percent from the line. Uh, they left the door open time and they time. Tried they tried really
0: ahead. hard. Yeah, to lose the game, we weren't good enough to take advantage. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, and which was stunning to me because because our team, the Drexels, actually been a team that did take advantage for most of this year. It just I'm with you, Bill. Cam Winter showed up, and 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 I actually thought JB didn't look bad uh, in his minutes, but you know he wasn't. His teammates almost seemed like they got used to Amari and and uh, getting that help and and um, give some credit to uh, Kevin Anderson's a guy I've had a lot of fun with during his career, but he he played pretty well. And um, Jair Davis is the real deal. That's a scary guy for the rest of the conference. So um, you know, little luck he'll transfer or something, but um yeah it it was a it was a tough one it was it was absolutely a tough one down there i'll say this the other flip side can Winter winner plays like that all season long they're not a five seed but they're not a four seed you know you got you got the can winner you knew was in there he was playing like he wanted to keep playing college basketball and i don't feel like he spent most of the season doing that um so it was great to see what he's capable of uh, maybe a little bit of an exhibition for the next level knowing what we know now but um you know, I was kind of almost bummed saying it because I was like, "There's where's this Ben? Where's this Ben Cam? Because um, he did. He had a killer instinct in this game. Um, yeah, one to forget. One to forget a tournament to forget. Um, Delaware does go on and win the tournament, so it's not like he lost to nobody. But um, just an unfortunate time."
0: Yeah, I guess I, I I had lost track of Delaware, I guess, but Jair Davis really makes a huge difference. Like when I heard he was Rookie of the Year, I was like, well, why don't I know more about him? And um, and then Andrew Carr I thought played well. So I mean, yeah, it's it's you know, there's so many games. I, I guess in the tournament time too, like you know, guys are tired. You've been playing basketball for a long time, so sometimes you just have to kind of gut out wins and win 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 games. Kind of you know to use the term like dirty, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to hit those, you know, maybe run the perfect play and pick and roll and dunks and, you know, shoot the ball well. So you got to get those dirty, you know, just, it's like hockey. You know, you, you dump the puck on that and try to get a rebound or something. So put the ball on the, on the, on the basket, and try to get a rebound. And I think I said that Saturday morning, I was like, I didn't think the Delaware interior game was good enough, um, but it was down there. And, and like you said, Amari, it, it's one of those deals these days watching, I guess, any level of sports you're like what's going on and I know yeah you maybe got some bad raps for the calls but he just it was like I think one of our first possessions we dumped it right into him and he didn't take a particularly good shot if I remember right and then we didn't go back to him and because I saw that first possession I'm like great we're gonna work inside out and then we stopped right away and I don't know if he got frustrated but even just on the bench he was kind of everyone else is kind of leaning forward and he's back there kind of you know lounging on the bench and I don't I, I don't know what was going on but um, but yeah, it's definitely officiating was one thing, but it, something felt like was not quite right there. So, um, but again, credit Delaware, like he says, that was, I, I know I, and it's, it's just, it's sad now thinking back, That was such an ugly first half, but yeah, you look at that score where like, wow, we're really not that far out of it. And, um, cause yeah, Delaware didn't play their best either, but they survived. And then that gave them the opportunity to go to the next day and then tell, you know, we watch that Towson game and you know both of their big men Thompson and Holden get hurt and you're and you're sitting there after that Towson game when they almost lost to Northeastern make man whoever wins the Delaware the Drexel Delaware games they got a chance to go to the final and things fell into place for Delaware and you got to give them credit ultimately so
2: yeah I mean it turns out it looks like UNCW is the best team they faced at the time right because Towson was banged up and UNCW went into the CBI and won it all and Um, see, they were not a mirage this year. I them would, I, I, the biggest game of the tournament to me was actually, um, dub over Hofstra. That was still the most impressive. Or sorry, Hofstra, Hofstra lost to what Charleston, and that was, that was, uh, that was the biggest upset by far to me. I mean, I obviously had Hofstra winning, but I was stunned. A group of senior guards like that kind of let things go through the cracks and, and, um, or upperclassmen guards. So, yeah, um, the other thing that struck me as a fan, right? Um, we get told over and over again by whoever's coaching, whatever school you're talking to, you're not in practice. You don't see what's going on back there. You're not in practice. You don't know who – and, and, um, and that's why Chris Fouch, Bill Martin, to be on the bench. I know this is one of his favorite things, so I, I went there. But, um, like, you see Amari, who wasn't going to start this year, if JV doesn't get hurt. You see Jair Davis, who wasn't going to start this year, if the painter doesn't get hurt. You, you, you see Coltrane Washington who wasn't going to get minutes this year like he did unless uh, Matei goes down. And you're like, I don't – I'm not i am an X's and O's expert and I'm not even a talent expert, but, like, clearly they, these guys all played, they were given the opportunity to play, and they were successful and they kept their jobs once they were in them. And it's like our – what preconceived notion, like, how are starting lineups defined, how – I I, I'm just baffled by what these coaches see where all of a sudden when these guys actually start playing on the floor, well, not now. Okay. Now they can play actually, you know, now they're actually going to keep the job over the guy coming back. You know, uh, uh, why didn't they get those chance before? Why did not none of those guys get a chance before that? Right. And it just makes me think about um, sometimes I think what you see as a fan, what you see in game day does matter more than what happens in practice. Um, and, And sometimes you just question, you know, what, I think there is a level uh, within coaches, and it's not an ego thing per se, although all coaches have ego because you have to, um, to, to lead people, I think. Um, but, you know, they make this decision and they kind of stand by it, and it's so hard to, to get into the starting lineup once once it's established. And, and uh, if, if there's anything learning experience, I think, from these two coaches, who are both pretty good coaches and these two programs that have been very similar trajectory. It, it, it's uh, it's kind of I, I think there needs to be some more room for openness and and, and thought on and flexibility, you know. And I hope I hope both coaches Inglesby and Spiker take something from it because um, it's as an outsider who doesn't see practice every day. It's weird to be like, so you see practice every day and you see Jair Davis and you see Andrew Carr and you think Andrew Carr should start. Okay, okay, you see practice every day, fine, but like. I saw like five games, and it's pretty clear to me, right? And, 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 and uh, the, the thought process and how you get there as a, as a, as a coach, I'd be really uh, – I'd be interested to hear. I, just, I, just, I don't know, but it's one of those things that's been really sticking with me because so many guys came off the bench and then kept their roles this year. Um, I, I just – why weren't they given an opportunity before that? Uh, it's just kind of sticking with me. And it's one of those things that's going to stick with me for years to come. I mean, as far as
1: like Amari versus Butler goes, I I get that more than Coltrane kind of because Butler is so entrenched here for you know three four years however long he's been, however long he's been here forever um, that I, I just don't think you make that move unless something drastic happens. So and, until you put Amari in the game with an opportunity like he had because Butler went down, then you don't really know. That he can carry that load like he did. And it was just a, a huge change once he came in. I mean, defensively, especially. And I, I love Butler, too, but he just can't provide the defensive rim protection that um, Amari does. Coltrane, to me, looked like he wasn't going to get it like barely any PT at all until Okros went down, which to me didn't make any sense. I was kind of, I, I wanted him to get more PT from the beginning of the season. Um, I, I think he's a good shooter, and he also. As far as the shooters we have, he seems to be the quickest trigger, which I think we lack a little bit with like Okros and Odin. Even um, those guys pretty much only take wide open shots. I think I mean the, the amount of defended three point shots I remember them taking this season is very limited, and it would be with a hand in their face. So I think Coltrane at least can attempt to get a shot up with the shot clock running down, um, or go get his own bucket once in a while. So I'm not sure why he wasn't getting more PT. That one, I'm I'm pretty confused on Dan, too. So it would be nice to hear, like, some sort of reasoning on that, at least. Or...
2: Yeah. Was, was he not a great player in practice, but all of a sudden showed up once he was given the opportunity? Like, and maybe that's it, too. Maybe it really is guys who just are used to being backups and not given the shot. And then, you well, know, they... they excel once they get it. Didn't,
1: didn't Spiker say something last year, like Coltrane looked unguardable in practice at times or something, or was that the year before? I don't even remember.
2: He said it at some point. He did say it at some point. Now he likes to, he likes to prop up some of the guys that are further down the depth chart sometimes, you know, but um, yeah, no, you're right. I'd actually forgotten about that. That was definitely said.
1: Yeah. So that's why I was even more confused. Like what, why is this guy not playing more? And I, I don't think Coltrane's, you know, a superstar, but he's a nice rotational player who can shoot and, he actually played really well defensively this year like, i don't, I don't know if that that's was a big growth for me yeah like he like he looked suspect on defense i feel like his first uh, couple years and this year he looked like he was actually that was one of his strengths i thought was his, his defense he was one of the better defenders on the team
2: yeah i, I will say that's a handicap one of the be- one of the better guard defenders on his ex spike team you know there's a, there's a there's a tallest small person um you know, corollary here somewhere, but still take um, Give guys Yeah, Yeah. Right, no, he was, it was a, it was a plus defender relative to who was out there. <clears throat> no question to me. Um, we'll get to some of the moving pieces later on, but um yeah, I, I, I that thought in particular is going to stick with us. So we'll, we'll bring it back later on.
0: I'm just thinking you said about, you know, why do certain people play? I mean, and maybe we're not at practice, so we don't see what's going on. I guess even more so like the meetings where the coaches have these discussions and, as we'll talk about later with transfers and everything, you know, how much does that factor in? Like, are they worried a certain kid's going to leave? Like what are the other sort of things going on behind the scenes? You know, who's going to get a different attitude issue. Is there great? Who knows? I mean, I guess that's one thing to think of. And I guess, I mean, Jarrier Davis, he's a freshman, right? If, if I'm so, so in some sense they may not have really known right away what was going on with him. Um, and, and then just the more he was around and they played him, they're like, well, okay, yeah, this kid can play. Um, And I think you guys touched on it too with, I I always feel like in programs, certain kids get certain reputations and like with Butler, he's almost like a legacy type player around here. So you almost felt like you just couldn't sit him, you know what I mean? Even if he was really not performing well and and this would be a good opportunity and we'll maybe get into this later too. And, And Cam, I've talked about this too, and great player for us. I hate saying anything bad about him. I almost feel like I, you can't say anything bad about him because again, we'll
2: talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> in,
0: in relation yeah. to this game, it was a great example. What he scored 28 points, um, but did we win the game? You yeah, know, I mean, now you could argue he kept us in the game, like we would have totally got blown out, but then again, we didn't win the game. So he, and I, I feel like, and again, you could sit there and blame maybe he hasn't had the talent around him, but you know, then again, you know, I, I, I guess. I don't want to say he scored a lot of inconsequential points, but you know, I just, you know, I think and I'm just going to use the example of Keyshawn Washington in, in the game against Bucknell. I mean, sucked the whole game and then decided she was going to go to the rim and brought us back from 17 down almost single handedly and won the game. That's the Kishana Washington game. That's what I keep saying. Like, that was that her signature game. Um, what game did Cam have like that? You know what I mean? Like, he's had great games, but correct me if I'm wrong, what's what's the Cam winner game? And I was kind of sitting there, I'm like, that could have been that Delaware game. And again, you hate to say that, a guy that's worth 28 points, but then again, you know, so, and I'm not saying there was anybody behind him that's better that could have played, um, but I'm just using it as an example of, you know, it's like certain guys with certain reputations, and you, they just can't overcome it, so.
2: Yeah, you almost go back to when Cam was younger. Freshman, sophomore, he had a couple games like that, I feel like. I remember uh, talking to us Zach Spiker after one of them and and him saying he's going to have a triple double before he graduates. And that never came to fruition. He got close a couple of times, I guess, but, um, I mean, not, not super close, but, um, you know, something like a, you know, a, a, probably a 15, six and six is out there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it almost, listen, this just this was, um, this was a tough year for him. He just, it didn't look like it was all there. Um, on the court, um, the three-point shooting dropped a little bit, actually a significant amount, and I thought some of that was the defense. He was forced to take mo- a lot of his threes were from further behind the line this year, um, you know, and some of them were were not. He was fo- some of, them, a of a lot, a lot more of them felt forced this year, put it that way. Um, so some of that is 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 kind of you know preseason player of the year comes with a different mentality as far as how defenses get up against you and and, and everything else. So um there's that i the assist rate was still pretty good like he was a good teammate a good good passer um but yeah i mean I, I i can't fault him at all for this game put it this way i i think this is the one game i it's not it's not the cam winter game cuz ultimately you got to win that one but this was you know kind of cam winter's game um in in the sense that he he was the guy There was no question there was 10 minutes 15 minutes in the second half where you knew nobody else was taking a shot and that's uh, i mean uh, that's that's uh, pretty telling. I mean, the end of the game. It just and I hear you. I hear you, Nate. In that, was it meaningful? I think in this game it was. It's what kept them alive. It was kept, kept their whole season alive. So, you know, he was single-handedly keeping them on the ventilator. So um, there were. I'm, I'm with you. There were some empty points throughout the season. To me, this game wasn't one of those. Yeah, I mean, if if Cam scores 15 in this game, we get we're blown out. I mean, it's not even
1: a it's not even a contest if he scores on his average, rather than 28. I mean, you need support. I mean, I Cam had a little bit of a down year, but, I mean, the man is still first-team all-conference, um, so that's a pretty good down year. And I agree that it's a little bit of a down year for him, but, um, I mean, I, I think more than than Cam's points being inco- inconsequential, it's more to me that he never really had a another guard next to him who was consistently... A huge scoring threat. Like he doesn't have anyone. Uh, I, I think throughout his career, I don't think there's really been another guy I can think of that's just been that another dominant guard. Um, I mean, Franz had Fouch and Damien. I mean, that's a that's a significant upgrade from any anyone we've had. And it's not even close. I mean, Xavier Bell is a good guard, but you know, one game he scores seven, and the next game he scores. Probably well, had one game of thirty. You know, one will be 15, one will be 6. So it's not like he was consistently putting up numbers that would be huge. And then our other shooters, there's just it's just basically a bunch of guys who can shoot but don't rarely ever take over a game. I mean, Okros hasn't taken over a game in a while. Uh, I mean, I think he he'd get hot once in a while hit like four or five threes or something, but there's just no one else really that scares you. Uh, and I think even losing Zach Walton, who ended up launching up a bunch of like buzzer beating shots last year because <laughs> uh, he was able to get his own shot. I think Cam kind of had to take those shots this year and maybe didn't hit them at a, a high enough rate, uh, which probably brought some of his percentages down as well. But um, I just don't feel he got enough support from the guards. I mean, Amari's great. Uh, you know, Butler had a little bit of a down season too because he was hurt. But I, I just don't feel like Cam, over his entire career, hasn't had that like running mate to take some of the pressure off him.
2: And and to your point, I I thought Zach Walton last year was, was the, was the guy that nobody talked about who, who had a really sneaky good year and, and and we probably missed him. I think we actually missed him with TJ this year. Uh, And, and and that's a guy who up until his, his senior year, Zach Walton drove me nuts. He was the number one guy I didn't want to see with the ball because he was just, it was so amazingly inconsistent, but he put it together in a senior year there and, and, and had a really nice, year and and, and just a bunch of clutch baskets late in the season to your point bill and and, um yeah who was that guy with cam this year there wasn't one the only guy with the ability to do it was xavier bell and and quite frankly you look at the games that this team lost and and with the exception of the one at hofstra you know xavier really came up small and again we will get to that but um you know it felt to me like anytime we were losing you know at uncw um you know, this game, we look you know, you look at turnovers, you look at shooting stats, and, and both Xavier and Cam were usually you know, those were the guys that were were taken taken care of and, and and without those two mixing the drink, if you will, um this team had a tough time going. Um and and um here Cam had a great game, but X seven points on eight shots and a turnover, no assist. So really a, a fairly underwhelming line. Um
0: well, just to make one last point, I guess, on this stuff too, and and you mentioned um, you know, what did Spike or Inglesby learn from this? I, I always like to listen, like I, I was out running those two nights listening to the games on, on radio. So I listened to I like the UNCW broadcast. I like the intro and the music they play. It's like kind of like a smooth jazz, so I really like it. But then I was listening to the Delaware broadcast, the end of the um the semifinal game against Towson, and you know, they talked to Inglesby and it was interesting. He's He said, one, he wasn't sure about what level of toughness they would bring down to Washington. And I thought that was interesting because that's a conversation that we've had about our team. And then he said the same thing about consistency and would they be able to put everything together? And I'd be curious, you know, what he thinks, you know, helped them. Because we all said they're a talented team, you know, but where can they, why weren't they achieving the way that they should have been? And obviously, you know, it was interesting, a matchup of two teams that, you know, I guess we kind of settled out about where we were expected, but, um, but definitely Delaware underachieved. Um, the two teams that you felt just couldn't break one way or another, Delaware figured it out. We didn't. So yeah, you're curious what, what they were able to put together that we couldn't. And in a sense we did last year, you know, like you said with Walton playing well and so maybe we kind of traded seasons of just finding the right combination at the right time. But it's interesting hearing you know, Inglesby talked about with Delaware, the same things we talked about all year. So Anyway, um, anything else you guys have to add about, um, not just us, but I'd say the tournament in general, any thoughts you had?
2: You got to uh Ben's chili bowl.
0: Yeah, we did. Yeah. That, yeah. No. And, yeah, we, and like I said, we've learned well, you know, even if uh, we prepare for um, the alternatives, if we lose, and I think we, we were walking out of the game Sunday, which by, I guess I just want to, I agree with you. I know what you said. Really. I thought it was a really nice venue and, easy to get to from the Metro. And that's why you kind of felt bad. We weren't going back the next day because um, it seems like it's the right size. Um, I mean, it, concourse is one of those that's only like part of the way around that you can walk around in the concourse, um, but it, it's it's a nice arena. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're leaving and, and I was like, I don't really know, what do we do? I off, I took time off work and my wife's like, no, let's just stick with the plan. We went down to the Space Museum The one that's uh, out near the airport had a really good time. So, um, so Bill, I don't know how you. I saw you down there. I don't know how you spent the rest of the weekend, but um, yeah, we had a good time. And I I think you know, I think it's a good setting for that. I know there's debate about we should go back to conference or uh, campus settings. I mean, that's maybe a discussion for another day. But at least we had a good time down there. So I
1: really like in DC too. Like you said, the arena is really nice, um, and there's just a lot to do in DC. I stayed down. Until Tuesday, honestly, uh, just brought uh, you know the the family down and uh, hung out there and walked around the monuments and did the you know usual DC stuff, enjoyed some food out. It was beautiful weather. so it was actually a really good weekend uh, despite the loss. But yeah, would I'd like it to stay in DC. I mean if it moves, it moves, but uh, I'll end up going wherever it wherever it goes to, but um, it's been nice in DC. It's an easy drive. It's a good town, so I like it all overall.
0: Another thing I've heard about—I mean, I think that I think it was what twenty dollars for Sunday. I didn't think that was bad, but I heard stuff about was it like forty dollars for the championship? Does that sound right? That sounded a little expensive. So I, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know for sure, but I heard somewhere. But either way, um aside from that, I, that was a good place. So, but no, hopefully next year, you know. We I don't know what our plans are going to be. if We'll stay down there the whole weekend too, or not. That's what we plan to do. But hopefully get everybody back together and have a good
2: time next year too. So, do we know it's there next year? I actually I've I forgot. Yeah, it's yeah been, okay, I, 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 I you know. assumed,
0: okay. but um, I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, so I guess the other thing we want to talk about is you know, and, and I'll let you guys know. Dan, you're up on this, but there's been a lot of movement in the roster, you know, especially even in the last week. So do you kind of want to go over what's changed and what your thoughts are as far as that goes?
2: Probably easier to start with uh, who's still here. Um, So, uh, yeah, uh, Mateo Cruz is still here. Amari Williams is still here. Lamar Odin is still here. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I think Luke House is still here. Uh, And Terrence Butler, as far as I know, if he was here in in the first place, I think is still here. Uh, and that's the roster as I know it. Uh, train, train is still here, is my understanding. I have not heard of he's not going to the portal. He still have eligibility. So my, I last I heard he was making a decision. Uh, he was still uh, still TBD, but I believe I thought he was leaning towards coming back. Um, so um, certainly there'll be opportunity for him. Although it's funny if the only guys that come back are kind of long shooters. It's, it's going to be train, Akrus, and um, and and. and uh, who am I missing? Odin. Um, Odin. Who? Uh, well, we can all can we all agree he's a three? Could somebody send a letter to the coaching staff saying he's a three?
1: And um, unless Spiker just likes playing three wings instead of a four.
2: I mean, he does, but I mean, he's not a stretch four, right? I mean, he's, he's no. not. He can't go near the. Yeah, he actually. I won't say that. He's gotten inside a couple of times. he gets some nice plays in transition and dunks and stuff. So it's like he has the ability to play, probably. But he's not. It's not what he wants to do. He wants to shoot. Um, and that's kind of what they ask in that position anyways, is that corner three um, but you know if you look at your stereotypical four like an Alihan Damir I think is what they really envisioned from that position like he's not that guy he's not close to that guy um, so anyway we have basically three guys who could play the three Coltrane could play a little two coming back and and um, and not a lot else um, with respect to the others Terrence Butler and um, looking forward to seeing him and obviously Amari Amari's the big piece coming back he's the He's the franchise right now, as it were. Um, so how do you fill in around? How do you spend the summer helping him develop? Um, Rob Battle, Rob Battle, Rob Battle, Rob Battle. That's, an, that's tough, right? Like that's a tough conversation to have with a staff where I, I I, would hope that they would want Rob's experience, an 18-year professional, that's nothing to sneeze at, uh, and somebody who's been through the system and been through West Philadelphia and could teach the guy. But, you know, you don't want to – Paul 48 has done a good job developing talent and, and, um, you know, JB became quite a, quite a good player. And, and, and what he's done with Amari so far clearly seems to be very effective. So you don't want to, you know, sometimes it's tough to have too many voices, too many cooks in the kitchen. I, I get it. If they, if they, if they want to keep it in house, but I'd love to see them give Rob or, or, or a certain Malik an opportunity to uh, step in there with a guy who has, you know, as, as Rob said, uh, uh Robert said, a uh, uh, NBA level ceiling. So, um, you know, we'll see how he develops, but obviously that's going to be critical. And then, um, Phil Martin, you're going to be give me the names, at least, of the three incoming freshmen that have signed letters of intent.
1: Yeah. Uh, I can, if you want. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I mean, Justin Moore's a point guard. So he can, uh will probably, I mean, right now he's the only point guard on the roster, right? Uh, or not on the roster yet, but will be the only point guard on the roster unless we make some pickups. Uh, Shane Blakeney's like, Kind of a, dy- a dynamic too. Maybe he can run a little bit point uh if needed. Backup wise, I wouldn't want to. I don't think I want to run a full season with him at, at point. But if he's the backup, it's not too bad. And then Kobe McGee
2: is uh another wing. Two three. It's good because we were short on wings. Um, so listen, I, I look forward to, to seeing Kobe. He sounds like he's he, uh, he, he can shoot the ball pretty well, and he could be effective. Uh, You know, I actually, I kind of hope he's got, he can move a little bit better than the guys we have on the roster right now. Because I think that's the big, uh, this roster has lacked speed for years now. Um, Ex Tremaine Isabel. (laughs) Um, And and I think that's one of the things that he was kind of glaring on the defensive end to me. Um, Transition a little less so, but, you know, it's not a fast team. Um, So I'm hoping they bring in some guys who can get to the rim. Because we'd be missing that without Xavier. You know, if you think about that, I mean, the guys who got to the rim last year is really Xavier Bell, Xavier Bell, and Xavier Bell. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing we're going to miss from him, from him not being here, and and obviously you know Cam's skill set is um, was unique and, and and very 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 good. So um, a lot to replace. I think you've got great opportunities there, and when you have a bunch of shooters, who can spread the floor, and a big big man who can who's a defensive player of the year and can score it. Um, you know it's a pretty it's a pretty nice situation. I, I liken it a little bit if I was say Zach Spiker trying to sell a guy. To, to Tom Brady going to the Bucks and having Mike Evans and and the whole receiving crew down there and and a, and in a, a good offensive line and you know getting to pick your situation right if I was an incoming point guard and I got to to pick my situation you give me a, a an elite big man and a bunch of shooters and and that's that's not a bad way for a for a point guard to step in and 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 pick things up it's it's very forgiving um so let's talk a moment I guess on who left um Ken Winters obviously entered the portal, which surprised me. I thought he would go pro. Um, And, uh, um, you know, I I had the courtesy of a heads up on that, which was nice. But I'm still stunned um, uh, that that he is opting to go collegiate. He's very, very close with Tyson Walker, who obviously had a very successful season at Michigan State. And I wonder, you know, you, you do wonder, if, if you know he's thinking if the grass is greener, I wonder if Ty Walker will come back to Michigan State. I don't know if he said yes or no yet. Um, the the biggest other name I guess that just hit the portal this week is Xavier Bell. Right? Um, didn't see that one coming. I, I I've talked about this on Twitter, but for me, um, T.J. Bickerstaff was a guy I totally understood even. I, I I don't. I think that I. I think that there's some folks who weren't very happy with me saying it publicly, but then I, I thought TJ was okay to leave because this system did not fit him. Uh, he could have been more effective in other systems. Now, I don't know if BC was the choice, but um, it would have been my choice if I was him, but um, I just didn't think this is, it, it, they wanted him again, as a four to be, you know, help spread the floor. And that's not TJ's game. Um, the funny thing is now with Amari, the two of them defensively it would have been amazing to watch. Um but with JB it didn't make as much sense. So I get I get why he left and, and and um I wish him all the well and I wish anybody who's played here all the well. Um but Xavier, this system fit him. This system fit him. I mean it was just a two who can kind of break things down and get to the rim a little bit and can do that because the floor is spread, has a decent shooting hand. Um he's better off the ball. I thought quite frankly, on the ball against pressure. He didn't look very good. And, and this is where, where I come at it a little bit, which is um, wasn't great in the trees this year against bigger teams finishing at the rim and doesn't have the handle, in my opinion, to play the point at a high major level. So it, if he's a two at a P5, pro at a power five program, like I I don't know that he's going to be particularly successful. Um I, and I think that's where he wants to go. Um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't end up with a high major. And I, I quite frankly, I'm sure he's going to go somewhere that'll start him. But I, I'd be, you know, I'd be surprised to see uh, his, his efficiency go up, put it that way, at that level, just based off of what I've seen from him to date. And that's not saying he's not a guy who can grow. He seems to work his butt off. He seems to get better every game. We saw his games against Hofstra, what he can do against, you know, pretty good guards. So I'm not. This is not a knock on him or his ability. I just think that this system was really good for him. This level felt appropriate for him. I think he could have been an all-league guy here, which I don't see happening in a Power 5 conference. Um, Again, prove me wrong. That's fine. Um, I'm I'm rooting for him. But to me, this one doesn't make sense. Yeah, I
1: mean, I I would agree with you, Dan. I mean, Cam to me has nothing more to prove here. I mean, I think he's done about all he can do. He got us the NCAA tournament. Rookie of the year, two team two time first team all all CAA. I mean, he's he's holds he's like top ten or top five in or top three in assists and top six in scoring. I mean, he can't really do too much here that would that would surprise you. I mean so I don't I'm not I wasn't even anticipating him to come back either. So I'm not that one doesn't hurt that much. Like I thought he was gone anyway. This extra COVID year is just a fluky thing and he's gonna have an opportunity to maybe go experience, a, you know, a big college environment. I can't blame the kid for that. Um, Xavier Bell, I think you're right. Like he was primed to be the go-to guard next year. Now that Cam is gone, um, it's going to be you. You could be an all-league type of a guard. Um, but yeah, going to a major conference, I don't know. He's not a point guard, like you said. His handle's not good enough unless he really develops that. I mean, he, he's not there. I was actually—it's one of the reasons why I didn't have him rated higher coming in uh, to Drexel, even because I didn't think he was a point guard. He's—he's he's an undersized shooting guard, um, whose best feature really is his—is <laughs> like his post-up game or his back-down game. I don't even know what—it's a very unique way to play for a for a two guard to begin with. And um, it did work, work really well uh, some games. Other games they kind of, you know, forced him to get rid of the ball. But I. I think it is a mistake for him to leave. I think the only, well, let me put it this way. I, I wonder if the, having that additional year factored in, um, because if you only have two years, the first year you're kind of adapting to a new system. You're almost guaranteed your stats are going to go down. Uh, I'd love, I'd love to run numbers on it, but I, I'm every transfer I've seen that goes somewhere else for one year, or at least in the first year, those numbers drop. Um, after that, you know, you're know, you back in the system, In a system you know now for a second year. Maybe he'll get better. So he's got two additional years to do that. I mean, I, I could see him going somewhere like, I don't know, maybe like a Wichita State since that's back close to home or something and, and maybe being good there. I, I, if he goes to like, not that he's going to go to Duke, but like North Carolina or something, Like I can't see him playing minutes at like that high of a level on a regular basis. He'll be recruited over and he'll end up transferring somewhere else. So, I don't know. Maybe he'll prove us all wrong. I'm not sure. But I'm kind of on the same page with you, Dan, as far as uh, Xavier in general.
2: He just had such a good situation here. It it was just – it's not even what happens when he leaves. It's what he could have been here, um, you know, with Amari and the whole thing. They could have been a two-headed monster for years to come.
1: I mean, some guys just baffle me on the transfers. Like Alihan was one too. I'm like, okay, you know, you're a third-team all-CA player. You're at the right level. That's where you should be. Like, come back, (laughs) compete for the team you're on. Why, why go to you know Minnesota to play less minutes and score less points? Like, I don't, I don't know what that's really doing for your career. Other than if you go to a team that's just going to guarantee you get in the tournament. I mean, I guess I get that if you want to go and you know play, uh, play there. But um, yeah, uh, TJ too. Sorry, I didn't mention TJ. TJ, I understood too, Dan. Like, I hated it. Uh, I love TJ as a player, as a recruit. Um, but there was multiple times over the course of the season where I was kind of yelling for Spiker. I'm like, what, what are you doing with this guy? You're using him completely wrong. Um, and he just never tailored any part of the offense to TJ. Uh, and if we didn't go to the tournament last year, I would probably be uh, more bitter about that. Uh, but the tournament kind of eased that pain a little bit, a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't fault the coaching staff when you get a trophy at the end of the Yeah. Um, but having yeah.
1: TJ this year would have been nice. I mean,
2: that's a yeah, TJ Namari would have been a hell of a one two down low. Um...
0: I guess I, I I mean, I agree with you guys, you know, as far as with with Bell. And I I guess, um, you know, all the transfers that I had heard about so far, you know, I was like, okay, I expected, I agree with Cam. But yeah, the Bell one kind of, I mean, kind of concerned me. So I guess the, the question I would ask, you know, I, I know this. Uh, and this is me personally, but you see the questions about other programs too. Like, is this anything to worry about with the health of our program? Like, you know, cause every way that thought is, well, or is there a dynamic in the team that I have to the coaching staff or something? Should we read into this? Or again, is this, is this a, somebody, you know, again, a kid getting maybe some advice from someone not maybe the best. I mean, what do you, what do you guys think as far as the health of our program? Should we worry about it at all?
2: I don't think so. Uh, I apologize for the crazy cat in the background now, but um, the the I, I don't think so. I think um, you know I, I Xavier Bell. I, I blame the same thing. I think that is wrong with college basketball all over the place, which probably the wrong the wrong adults are in his ear, um, telling him and making making him some dreams and thoughts and whatever else that just may not line up with reality. Um, and and you know I, I just think he's being misdirected at this point. Uh, in all likelihood, but the uh, I, I don't think it's a health of the program thing. Like, like, like uh, bill said, we kind of knew Cam wasn't coming back this year. Like, this is not a surprise. Um, the other, you know, guys leaving. Uh, obviously, Malik Martin was out of eligibility. He couldn't. He couldn't stay. Um, Yurich going to medical medical school. He couldn't stay. Um, so um, there's nobody here that's really like leaving because they're upset with the program. It sounds like. I'm not getting that vibe off of anybody. Maybe uh, Ada, the freshman, I believe, is leaving. Um, but it sounds like maybe this is something that just didn't work out, kind of like Chuka Mechum. Um, You know, I don't know what happened with those guys, but maybe this just this wasn't the place for them. I think that's less about the program than it is about the individual, probably, because we've had plenty of people come in here and be fine. So I think it's two things. I think one is a lot of individual circumstances that are kind of coming at the same time with what was already a large kind of graduating class. And I use quotes that nobody can see because – You know, COVID year. COVID year, as as Bill alluded to it, it's got everything crazy, and so you have you have kind of, and there's two elements to COVID year. One is the extra year of eligibility, sure. The other one is that I think a lot of schools were reluctant to make coaching changes last year um, because everything was kind of a little all over the place, and and nobody kind of it was an unusual season. Um, So you're seeing, I think, more coaches moving this year. So, and what I think you're going to see is that there's going to be a big scramble right now. Is a coaches move? Um, Frank Martin. You know, was was released by South Carolina after getting into the Final Four, which is bananas to me. Tells you what Power Five Conference basketball is like. Uh, He just signed with UMass today, which is also bananas to me because it's such a step down from where he was. Now, he he came from Northeastern and and his wife's from Massachusetts, and and I get there's other stuff there. But um, you're going to see just a lot of movement in coaches. And I think you're going to see the transfer market, you know, usually goes in line with coaches. You put an extra year of eligibility in there. You know, Xavier Bell suddenly has three years left. Um, and you're going to see a lot more whispers in players here. And I, just it's going to be crazy for now. You know, uh, um, I've talked to a lot of people uh, in the last week or so um, trying to get caught up on this and, and kind of nobody thinks anybody's like, how many kids have you seen sign and commit in the portal? Like everybody's in the portal. You see anybody signing? Um, so, so it's just chaos right now. I think it's disorganized chaos. I think thank you NCAA. I think thank you COVID, which is obviously something that we can't, you know, nobody could have figured it was coming. But I, I just think that the landscape and NIL coming at the same time, so, so some guys are getting paid now, um, it's just made chaos, chaos. So, so I I don't think it's health of a program. I think it's maybe health of college basketball, maybe. Um, but I don't think it's Drexel specific. And if you look, I think there's at least five schools with two players in the portal throughout the CAA. I, I think almost all of them will be by the end of this. Um, I think every day this week, I feel like William Mary. I could be wrong about that. Maybe it's just selective twittering. But think William and Mary's lost a couple of guys, and um, Delaware graduated half their class. We'll see who they bring back from a championship-winning team. I think some of that still shakes out. Like it's, it's, yeah, the whole league is going to be upside down. I think for me, bar none, the most important thing this off was keeping Amari Williams and developing Amari Williams because you have uh, you need the guards. Uh, and um, we're going to have to see how they fill it in. I'm trusting Mr. Martin here that we, 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 the incoming class is, is looking pretty good, and I'm hearing great things about Justin Moore from, from multiple places. Um, he's going to be playing so, on Saturday, by the way, in the state he's championship. Gonna play on Saturday. Oh, can I prop – why, why would I do this? I'm going to do it anyway. Cardinal, Cardinal O'Hara, girls basketball, is playing for the state championship right now in at Hershey. Uh, so Delco's own. And uh, a number of dragons linked to that program on the women's they, side. They
0: they won. They they played this afternoon. They and they annihilated Mechanicsburg last breaking week. news.
2: I'm not, I'm yeah. an avid yeah. card. And then, then it, it looked like perfect. the
0: game was brought and well, well close as in 10, 12 points, and then they went on a run and yeah, they're yeah. Um but so so is there we have a player tomorrow on Hershey? Yeah, it's uh it must be the 6A game. Archb- yeah,
1: it's Archbishop Archbishop Wood versus um, Roman Catholic.
0: Roman Catholic, yeah, it's a 19. Roman
1: Catholic's got a kid going to Hofstra, uh, Khalil Farmer, and Justin Morris playing for Archbishop Wood.
0: He's our best player. Okay. I may wind up there then, now that you've told me that. I've been kind of debating whether to go because, well, JB, uh, he's in Plymouth White Marsh School District, the 6A girls. They, they're, their girls team is in that game. So I may wind up there just to take a look at those guys, but – Um, But I, I, so I guess, you know, and I'm I'm trying not to jump to conclusions too with the transfers too, and not just with our, with our program, but yeah, like you said, college basketball in general, I guess, just trying to see, like you said, so much has changed and how is this all going to shake out? Is this just craziness more because, you know, so many things happening at once or, because I, you know, I've heard a couple of people say, this is how things are going to be that, you know, we're not going to be able to keep a guy like Xavier Bell as soon as he shows flashes of being good, bam, he's gone. And I hate to, because that's what I like about our level, you know, being able to learn guys and have them around for a while. I hate to see that leave. So I guess I don't want to jump to conclusions that those days are over, but um, but we're just going to have to see how this all turns out.
1: I mean, I, I think if they keep the transfer rule, there's you don't have to sit out at all. It's This portal is going to continue to be gigantic. I mean, there was like 900 players last year. It'll probably be more this year. Um, it's gonna be hard. I mean, you'll have guys that will stick around. I think. I don't think that's completely done. Um, but we're definitely gonna lose players more often to this portal. And I think the only solution is to play the game. We have to raid that portal hard. I mean, that's every year you're gonna have to pull impact players from that portal. I mean, look at what Hofstra did. I mean, they didn't they didn't make the tournament, but they pulled you know the player of the year out of the portal. They had uh, Zach Cook out of portal, and they had uh, that was at Darlinson Dubar. That guy's good, too, out of the portal. I think they had another guy. I think they had four or five players that they pulled out of the portal who were impact players, so you're going to have to do that. Um, I mean, hopefully you develop some, some players from freshmen on, but if you don't pull impact players out of that transfer portal, it's going to be rough, I think, unless the rules change.
2: I think I think a the rules may change and and listen if we have the real fantasy of a P five breaking off that it's going to be a whole other thing I, I still don't think that's going to happen because of the NCAA tournament's too too valuable at a billion dollars a year but I think that uh, you could have a you could have a thing where you know the ninety sixteen tournament could happen and, and you know uh, that that could be interesting but so yeah rule changes to come probably if we've only seen anything from the NCAA last couple of years is that rule changes are coming and they're coming fast and and, and potentially structural changes. Um, But I think the one thing I will will temper your thoughts there a little bit with Bill is just the COVID year goes away and that these guys having five years going to four to your point makes a big difference. So I think that'll hamper the portal a little bit, uh, even with not having a city year um, because, you know, you'll be transferring with only two years of eligibility rather than a three if you're coming after a sophomore or something like that. Um, So I still think it's going to be bananas. I do think you're going to have to play the game. I'm with you on that. you know, I've said it. I've turned around on transfers a little bit, but uh, I, I hopefully this is the peak mayhem uh, right That's now.
1: Dope. Yeah. I mean, I just look at even even before the COVID. Like we lost, you know, Isabel. We lost. Uh, uh, like I said earlier, Alihan. Like it's just like you're losing guys who, if you had a city here, they're not leaving. I mean, Isabel wouldn't have been able to. Alihan. Why would you go? I mean there's with that without that deterrent, people will pick up and leave. And I, I, I think I'm in agreement with you, Dan. I think hopefully this is the peak because you got that extra that extra year really gives you almost like a full career somewhere else, even if you played, you know, two years already. So um that that definitely incentivizes people to move even more. So I hope you're right. I mean, I I don't like that we're losing high end players and then we're having to you know, raid Monmouth and take Malik Martin off of them uh, in order to, uh, you know, make ourselves competitive.
2: Um, well, we won't be raiding Monmouth anymore because they'll be a conference uh,
1: maker. Yeah, true. So there's, there's that. I mean, the one, um, one player I have seen commit then out of that portal, like, Charleston got some D2 kid. Uh, they took, like, a high-scoring D2 shooting guard, I think, out of uh, out of the same school they took another D2 transfer out of last year. So, I mean... It, d2 is going to get rated lower levels everyone's just rating someone lower than them is all this is going to be um
2: and yeah if you're not scared of back Chelsea after this year and this tournament you, you got something coming uh Charleston's going to be going to be good um there's some schools that you know are going to be good the CA I think still projects really promising um uh, the next couple of years a I like some of these new schools Stony Brook and Monmouth they're both well coached they're both. Fairly sane, good organizations as far as they've gotten. Facilities improvements, leadership seems to be sound. Um, I know less about uh, Norfolk State, candidly, um, and we'll see see who else is coming in. I'm sure I'm missing six or seven or eighteen yeah, schools. North Carolina um, T. Uh, NCA and T. I know nothing about um, other than they've now moved conferences twice in like five years. So somebody's somebody's spending some money and somebody's somebody's looking to move up around there, and they're they're clearly committed to basketball. So. Um yeah, but you look at the coaches around the league, and, and, and I, I said this, I think we said this when Brian Moore was on the show. Um, really good coaches up and down. There's no bad coaches. There's no there's no there's no games where you're like we could take a night off in this league right now. And um as it becomes year to year for every school, you're gonna see more and more of ups and downs and, and, and you know programs swinging significantly one way to the other. But I, I think with this band of coaches that we have now, you have to expect it to get better year to year. Now obviously no coach coaches moved yet. Um, I kind of was wondering about uh, Elon Towson and um, what's the school on Miss Drexel. Um, so, you know, to see what was going on there. Um, my understanding is Zach Spector's got one, left, one year left on the deal. No announcements this week, but I think things have been going on behind the scenes. I would expect something uh, to be announced. Maybe they won't announce. Maybe they won't do a press release. Last, last time they extended him, he, they did. I kind of expect them to release something, so maybe next week watch or something. But he's obviously recruiting. He's obviously still here. And with one year left, they're not going to leave him on that deal. So I would accept, expect some kind of extension to be announced shortly, is what I would say there. That seems to be something that we probably should have led the show with. But, um, yeah, uh, a big deal I would, I would expect. It seems like our new athletic director, Masha Kelly, has at least um, hitched a wagon to Zach for, for at least a short term here. We'll see We'll see what the extension is. It looks like, or we probably won't. But we'll, we'll see what run ones we can get. I don't really care about the financials. That's between him and his family. It's uh, he's, he's a private school. If it's a public school, you know, you can find his old Army contract and you can see his bonuses for being Navy, which always cracks me up. But sorry, Nate. Um, but the, uh, um, you know, the this, this is a private school. His contract's private. I don't want him looking at my contract. So, um, you know, the number of years matters because it matters for recruiting. It matters for the program and the health of the program. But finances, I could care less about. So um, we'll see what we can find out as far as. What, what he got years-wise and, and where our program's going. Um, real quick, just running on the roster for departures, because just, just, we didn't do this on the way in. James Butler, my understanding uh, is that he's looking to play pro. Um, whenever he wants to use his business degree, James, I'm here for you. buddy. Um, Trey Brown, I, I don't think is back. I believe he's going to look to play another year at the D1 level. Um, TBD, I guess. Malik Martin, obviously. Uh, well, he was a graduate, but he's out of eligibility. I'd med school, can winter we know is in the portal. Train is deciding, but I think he's coming back. I don't know Luke House, actually, technically. I think he's going to end up with a degree here, but uh, um, uh, he's got eligibility. Uh, Amari's back, from the sounds of it. Um, X is transferred. Odin's back. Terrence Butler, I think, is back, and Ada, I think, is going to be in the portal, although we haven't seen an announcement yet. So... Um, yeah, just a lot of a lot of all over the place. But to your point, Nate, I don't think most of those seem to be unique situations. I don't think it's a. And
0: we'll end on this question because um, if you had asked me who I thought would transfer um, you know, or go in the portal, I would have. You know, Amari and Odin would have been two of the people I, at least of that sophomore class. Do you think we're done hearing about people in the portal, or do you think there's anybody else who might decide to leave?
2: Um, I think we're done hearing about people in the portal. I think. Um... So so the way it works is my understanding is kind of once the season concludes that, that following Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the coaches, you know, have meetings with the players, kind of get their feedback, get a feeling for what, you know, if, if anybody's looking to do anything. And, and um, um, my understanding is kind of the folks who have, are in the portal uh, were understood to be going to the portal. Um, I don't necessarily uh, – I think there's some – some miscommunication with me, potentially on Xavier, but um, you know those meetings well, those meetings have been completed for a little bit now, and I haven't heard about anybody else going yet. is what I would tell you.
0: hope you're right yeah just curious if if we thought there'd be any other movement so um, but
2: yeah, I mean, if a coach moves or something, which is not outside the realm, you know who, who knows, but um, it, I think we've got the ship that we've gotten to the credit of Zach Spiker, his staff has stuck with them for for most of this time, so uh, I don't really anticipate a whole lot of changes, and I think he
0: should be back. I yeah, yeah. But, but I guess if they don't sign him to an extension, that pretty much says he's gone. And he's, it's, so you almost think if they if they don't want to sign him, he'd be gone now, right? Like why would yeah. make him hang around for a year? So I mean, I I, I think he's you know well, can that point, but I I think he the championship last year buys him at least another few years to to see if he can replicate that. And I think most people seem to agree with that.
2: Not just the championship. I mean, I think he's leveled up this program from where it was when he came in. You know, that was a pretty, pretty iffy locker room when he got here. Um, uh, You know, Miles Overton and and some of the others, and and, um, you know, it was it was an interesting place that he took over. He did have to change the culture. He's successfully done that. Um, You know, we're coming off of a championship and a a fourth place finish, which you know is not going to get anybody fired. You're doing it with a. Locker room culture that's at a higher level, at a program that feels like it's at a higher level. that moved up 100 spots in Ken Palm consistently for the last two years now. Big senior class. This is a big show-me year, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a two-year extension and he's got to prove it, um, you know, next year and, and the following. But, um, yeah, I don't think it would be tough. You know, I think, Bill, I think it was you and I were talking about it uh, offline and, you know, I feel like the, the fan base would almost shrug. If uh, you know, if he had, if he was if he had left on the new AD because the new, you know the new AD can do what they want to do and sometimes wants their own people, and and kind of would also shrug for an extension. There's nobody really vociferously <laughs> fighting for either one, right? Um, I feel like after five years here, kind of, the I, I've been saying the jury's still out the whole time, and I almost feel like it is, and that doesn't feel fair to me for somebody who's won a championship. It almost feels a little bit like Cam, where we, we, we're giving him a hard time, despite the fact that you know. Um, he's been so good for us. Uh, uh, he's clearly Zach Spiker's clearly leveled up this program in five. Yeah, years. that's true. You got to be fair about it. So, but yeah.
0: Um, okay. All right. Don't yeah. mean to stop you, but St. Peter's up by two, coming on the 13-minute mark. So I want to focus on the game. Bill so things, just ran any,
2: for the computer. Yeah. Any
0: last thoughts, and then we'll figure out when we do this again. Anything else to throw out there?
2: Um. Hopefully, a lot of guests coming. But we will keep this up at some. point. Kind of modicum of every few weeks or something. What releases will be coming? So, yeah, stay tuned. But, um, yeah, I think that's about it for me.
0: Okay, we'll figure that out as we go. But yeah, let's not tie at thirty-seven. So good ball game. So we'll see you win. It's in Philly. Got to got to
2: watch it. So, oh, way, Dunk City was also in Philly. Got to see that. Fifteen seats in Philly. It's what we do. Rocky, <laughs> the town of Rocky, it's great.
0: Yeah. All right. Nice to talk to you guys, and then we'll we'll see everybody shortly. So have a good night. All,
2: All right, have a good thanks
0: night guys.